Welcome back, Beyonders, to Tabletop and Beyond. I am your host, Justin, and I am here with co-host Dan. Dan, welcome, welcome, welcome. Wow. It's, it's just quiet. It's quiet in here. It's just, it's just you and me, me and buddy. You. What happened? Yeah. You scared off everyone else. I'm pretty sure that's what happened. Yeah, exactly. Like, so, but uh, yeah, we uh, we are here. We are talking about having fun at conventions. How to do that? And we've got pro tips for everybody tonight because we've been there. We've one had fun at conventions, and two not had fun at conventions. Yeah, you have so, to do both. We've, we have lived the experiences, and we're here to tell you the cautionary tales of how to have fun at conventions. Mm-hmm. And uh, But yeah, we're excited. It's going to be a great show. But first, as always, Dan, how was your Geek Week? Geek Week? Oh, man, I really got a lot of mini painting done. Ooh, and nice. I, I worked really hard on getting my snow troopers in my blizzard box for Star Wars Legion to look like they had clumped up snow on them. And I did it with a dry brush technique, um, not to try to get light, but to try to get clump. And it worked pretty well. Also, you can't be afraid of having contrasting colors on their uniforms, because if you paint them bright white, like your action figure when you were a kid, they may not, in fact, pick up the snow clumping. And so maybe their pants were a little more khaki and their little skirt things they wear were a little more khaki military drab color and and the purpose of that and i then i would hit him with a blue um army painter wash Mm. and then i dry brushed clumpy snow on that they turned out amazing i was really happy with them i posted pictures of them on our discord right there in um, the uh, channel description go check them out i also completed my atsd i didn't go through as many iterations of gray as Jason did, but I did went through a couple variations. Yeah. I learned that I'm kind of not happy with army painter metallic contrast paint. Um, mm. It is not good at flat surfaces. And an ATST has a lot of important flat surfaces. Like its face is a big flat surface. It pulls the viscosity pulls in weird ways. It really wants to be on a, on a, on a, on a surface of movable. It, it wants to be on a rough surface. To find its happy place. So what I did do is I hit it with a, a, an original acrylic metallic, and then I put a Army Painter Strong Tone on top of that to give it some worn feeling. It yep. turned out way better, way better. Nice. So I'm still looking for the corner case. I have all the metallics. I have the complete metallic set for the Army Painter Speed Paint 2.0, and they've been okay. And I've used them here and there, but I'm still really, really struggling to find the perfect use case. I- I can see how a metallic speed paint may not be the greatest match in heaven. You know what I mean? Um, Just for that very reason is like pulling it apart kind of pulls the pigment a little bit. Right. And you want, Mm. you want your speed paints to be pulled so that they have that lighter highlight and the deeper shadows, but you don't necessarily want that with metallic paint because the light will naturally reflect off of it where it needs Mm -hmm. to reflect off of. Right. And so if it pulls it in weird ways, I could see how that that wouldn't be great. Um, I use Vallejo um, metal, yeah. um, and it is some of the like the best metallic paint I have ever used in my life. It goes on so smooth. They have like a lot of different like silver colors. I will say that their gold range is kind of crappy. I don't like it. Yeah. Um, 
but they're they're silvers like they got like really dark like one they call magnesium that's really really dark so it looks almost like iron when you paint it yeah. on right and then you can go over it with a dry brush of like a kind of like a more steel and then like you can even go over dry brush with a like a chrome and yeah. it really just like pops, and pops really nicely. Yeah. yeah so i i would do that as well i went back and put the original plate metal on the highlighted areas mm. to wash away to clean up the wash just as the highlights yep. Yep. and that i have really liked the combination of metallic plus strong tone mm -hmm. it it's kind of like easy mode painting i i i painted that entire atsd head to toe i didn't do anything with the base i didn't put any surface on it i just painted it vallejo white and mm. man it was like pressing the easy button the thing looks like gangbusters you can look at the pictures on our discord um i think it picks up the light great i think it looks very metallic yeah. it doesn't look like gray plastic sprue at all and so I, I'm, I'm kind of, I'm really pleased how it turned out. I'm, nice. st I'm still doing basing. I still have rocks. And so one of the things I discovered though, I was using, first of all, the more I use Gorilla Glue products, the less and less I like them for some reason. Mm. I had some Gorilla Glue, super glue, and I was using it for, for basing. And the speeder truck for Legion has a large oval base. It's a large mm -hmm. oval. It's probably... At its longest point, might be up to seven or eight inches long. It's long, mm. it's long oval with two flat sides. Well, I covered that thing in Gorilla Super Glue, and the fumes off of it were absolutely nasty. <laughs> that much surface of Super Glue to get the dirt on there and the plants and everything that yeah. I wanted. I had to put it out in the garage and stick a fan on it overnight. It was it wow. just it stank to high heaven. So I'm learning about adhesives, and I have a brand new adhesive I love, guys. Oh, I have an adhesive I love. There is a um, uh, JB Weld makes a UV activated, an ultraviolet light activated super glue that is to die for. It's about 10 bucks a tube. It has a little UV light on the back and it cures instantly. It, and now I, 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 I like cement, I like plastic cement and it, it will bind. Yeah. It will bind quickly. And you can work with it, but you're not going to get a cure. And if you want to start priming and painting right at while it's still gooey, you're you're rolling the dice. It could yeah. go south. It can really go south. Yeah, if you prime over, prime over when it's gooey, it won't ever cure. Actually, it won't ever cure. Yeah. Now, this JB Weld, you can get it at the Blue Big Box Store. It's about ten bucks a tube. I've already gone through. I already had to buy a second tube because it's so powerful. It's 2,800 pounds per square inch, and it cures. As soon as you put the light on it, it cures. Maybe you've gotten a crown where they stuck a light mm -hmm. in your mouth. It's the same basic chemistry. And, oh, my gosh, I, I, I would be breaking pieces in the garage when I'm brattle can priming. Get out the JB Weld, glue it back on. It's dry as a bone in, in five seconds. Wow. Throw it, throw it right back on the priming uh, lazy Susan. Get it primed up. Get it back and in, back into action. And actually, sometimes when um, and lesser plastics like companies that are cutting corners on the plastics on their sprue, sometimes the the uh, plastic cement doesn't weld as well as it could. Uh -huh. um, and even after you let it cure for 24, 48 hours, it's still wiggly. Yeah. And I had some breaks. I had guys jump off their bases. And guess what? I put the JB Weld UV light on there. That's super glue. And they're, they, it glues better than a full cure, in my opinion. It glues better than a full cure. 
of yeah, the, uh, plastic cement. That is um, the the models that even come on sprues that are not um, pure plastic, like if they're resin, yeah. right, or PVC. Um, yeah. the, the plastic glue doesn't work on them. You need super glue. And so something like, like what you're talking about is awesome. I know that I, and I've seen the ones where like you use the super glue and then you do the spray. Yep. And I've it hardens, right? It's an activator. Yeah. Yeah. The, this is, I, this is cleaner. This is so much cleaner. It works say, so yeah. fast. It's dry. In fact, if you put too much of it and then you put the light on, it heats up to about 95 degrees and you can see a little stream of smoke come up out of it. Oh my gosh. Yeah, it's awesome. So you know how plastic cement slightly melts the plastic to get yeah. a good bond? It's doing the same thing with a little bit of heat. It's up to 94, 95. It's not hot enough to burn your yeah. skin, but you, it's hot. If you put your finger on it, you're like, whoa, geez, that's interesting. That, you know. um, yeah, I was going to say yeah. the cleanliness was the biggest aspect because I'm like, you do all this great painting on your model and then like something breaks on it and then you glue it and you're like okay you spray you just sprayed your entire model with this like yeah, activator no. you know uh -uh. Uh -uh. and 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 it dries this weird white too have you noticed that with the activator like it's yeah yeah not, it's not um, this is perfectly clear mm. and here's another super thing that it, this thing does is a lot of our minis that are flying are on plastic bases yeah that are clear well those clear plastics will pick up the uv spectrum too so if you really can't get in there very well, you can flash the light on that clear plastic. It's going to shut the UV up to the surface where the, the, um, wow. the model is touching the clear plastic. And now you're, now you've just cured it instantly. I, I'm, I swear by this stuff. The, the only reason I had to buy a second tube is because I was not careful about keeping glue off the, the ridge of the twist for the cap. And I, I, I ruined, I still had over half a tube left and I ruined it. So be careful with the cap. This is just as strong as epoxy, uh, way faster, no fumes, UV light. It's, I, I, I can't get enough of it. Yeah. That's cool. I'm going to have to check it out because yeah. I need something that I can take with me um, when I go to tournaments and stuff like that, because like something pops off and I yep. hate sitting there waiting for the super glue to dry you know, and, oh, and, stuff and like that, that's so. the thing. There's no, there's no real clamp time longer than one or two seconds. Right. Cause usually so even with, even with cement, you're clamping, you're counting to 20, yeah. you're counting to 30. Uh, you don't have to do any, any of that. You have to push it in tight enough to get the light on it and yeah. then walk away. Let's say you don't get any light on it. It will still fully cure within. It, if it never got UV, it'll fully cure in 24 hours. Just like, a normal wow. Super okay. Glue. So that anyway, speeds it up. JB Weld, I can't swear by it enough. I, I I was breaking models left and right, gluing them and throw and getting them right back onto painting. So nice, awesome. that's awesome. Yeah, very good. Sounds like I, a great I've, week. I've never been more excited about glue and adhesives <laughs> uh, in my life. Uh, I also did West Marches, Star Wars. Mm -hmm. We we're doing Star Wars uh, role playing where. Uh, the GM can be random and the player group can be random. And we have some rules built up about how we did that. We had a great time on, on Saturday. We got a big group together after about 14 ish, 15 ish months. It seems like the group has pared itself down. We, we really mm -hmm. only have about one third of the players play that said they were going to play. And so it's really just become an RPG group where a couple other guys can like be a player and, and they can rotate GMing. So we never really fully did West Marches and we're like, do we want to keep this going? And everybody's bobbing their head up and down like, yeah, yeah. We, we should keep this going. We shouldn't kill this. So uh, it's, it's a different kind of way to do uh, an RPG campaign. And here we are 14 months later and it's alive and well. 
Uh, and it's still fun. Everybody's still having fun with it. So, and I got into yeah. a flame war with Justin over Discord on the subject. Uh, he did. We've talked yeah. about the subject here on the podcast before. How? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. yeah. See, we I, dad and dad can still fight and be friends. It's okay. That's right. <laughs> it's okay. Yeah, Everybody's yeah. Like, it was funny. Whoa, are they really mad at each other? It's like, no, they've gotten to the level of familiarity where there's just no filter anymore. That, that's exactly it. So, you know, and so and, and it's like, oh, well, that was fun. You know, <laughs> <laughs> it's like I'll see you tomorrow. Yeah, right. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, Trying to yeah. out meme each other on uh, on yeah. Discord. Yeah. Good times. Sounds so, like geek yeah. week. sounds sounds great. Sounds like a great geek week. I um did a I did a couple things this uh this last two weeks. I guess um. The first one, I you know, in the last podcast that we talked about, I was reading the the end book of the Cradle series. I finished it. They ended it super well. Again, go check out Will White's Cradle series. I, I loved it. I loved every minute of it. It's worth, in my opinion, if you're going to read the series, it's worth getting the Kindle Unlimited that's like $8 a month or something like that because you get all of the books for free. Oh, right. Nice. So you don't you don't need to actually go buy the books like you can just kind of check them in, check them out like a little library system with the Kindle Unlimited. And so, like, if you know you're going to probably read and, and, and I, I'm telling you, like, if you were if you're an avid reader, you could read one of these books a week. Right. If you're an avid reader, um, if you're an average reader, it's probably going to take you two weeks to probably read it. But I'll tell you, all of his books pick up in the middle and they're really hard to put down. Like they, mm. they, they all just really pick up and you're just like, man, I'm in the action. And the next thing you know, you're done. So um, they read a lot faster than you think. And um, they're really engaging. So check it out. Like I said, go pick up Kindle Unlimited to read it in my recommendation because it's, you know, only $8 and you can read the whole series over, you know, a month or two, which would cost you $25 to read. And what's the name books. of that series again? Cradle, the Cradle series. Cradle, cool. The first get- book is called Unsold. It's really good. Unsold of the Cradle series. I got hooked on not that long ago. I got hooked on Wool from the Silo series, and Apple just oh, yeah, yeah, did yeah, first yeah. season, and I watched yep. it. And I was reading all the books like you're talking about, plowing mm-hmm. through and going, "Oh my gosh, what's happening next? I got to know what's happening next. I got to know. I got to know." Yeah. And now the Apple series is is holding really true to the subject material. So um, that was uh, actually one of the recommendations next for me to pick up and read. So I think I am going to read the the Silo series next. I liked it. Sounds it. Really I, interesting. I, I enjoyed it, and um, Apple exceeded my expectations on bringing the visuals that were close to what's in my head actually on the screen. So nice. Yeah. Um, very good. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, really I'm, I'm excited about it. Um, the other things that I did is that I I picked up and I well I picked up before here I'm gonna I'm gonna hold it up to the screen as best that I can. Hold on. Okay, so I'm struggling a little bit because this is a very hefty starter set. Oh, oh it's show on the thing. no, it's disappearing. Ah, ah, dang it, it's black. This is terrible content for our audio listeners. There it is. The Zweihander. Starter thing. It's like so bad. The How thick is that? Starter kit? It's pretty thick, dude. It it's seems like thick. a dictionary from like 1984. It's Well, like I, I, had, I have it sort of semi-open too. Oh. Um, but because we, we started it um, and I had some people over to play it. But um, it's like the starter adventure, if you were to sit down and play it straight through, it's probably a six-hour session. Like, oh, and, yeah. So I think it's, it was meant to be like 
three two hour sessions or you know yeah, two some... three hour sessions something like that you know but we played four hours um we actually went five because we did a like a, the first hour we created our own characters oh, went okay. through the character creation process which was a lot of fun well um, and that that soaks up a lot of time it does it, it but it was it was like part of the experience too right of like yeah. learning and and I had one guy who had never played an RPG before, one guy who um, had played Dungeons and Dragons like a long time ago, and then two veteran RPGers. One was Lincoln, who's you know on yep. the show, and then the other one was Sean Fielding, who plays the West Marches campaign yep. with you guys too. So yep. those two know RPGs very well, right? Right. Um, the other two were you know kind of newish, like coming back to the game or, or brand new, and. Go walking through and creating the characters and writing all their stats down and all that stuff, it actually went really far in helping them feel really connected to the game as they were playing it because it was their guy that they created and they kind of knew where to look for the stats because they wrote those down. So it wasn't just like, here, here's a pre-gen, you're now Malcolm Malkovich, you know, half half uh, bard, barbarian, like whatever. And you're like, okay, I'm Malcolm. Okay. And I'm just going to try to figure yeah. out what he's like. You know, them actually rolling the dice and figuring out who they are and like learning the stats and all that stuff um, was actually really, really cool um, for them to, for them to learn and do it. So it was totally worth um, doing the character creation in the beginning. Then we ran through the scenario um it's a it's a lot of fun i think we're gonna do a show on zvihan like the zvihan well we did a show on zvihan yeah we creator. met with the um the creator yeah i yeah I, think, I remember listening to that one not being on that one yeah i think it's though that we might do we might do sort of a like um like a game review like a real like yeah. dig into the mechanics and like how was the game and the setting and all that stuff right yeah yeah so um but it was a lot of fun i enjoyed dming it the starter set is amazing it comes out with these like beautiful character folio sheets that you have cool, and cool. the best part about this in my opinion is that um zweihander's a d100 percentile game mm -hmm. And um, the difference between like a Call of Cthulhu or a Warhammer 40k RPG or some of these other D100s is that it has an action economy to it as well. You can only do three things um, on your turn and certain mm -hmm. things may cost two action points, certain things may cost three, et cetera, et cetera, right? Um, these folios on the back had all of the actions with the action points on it. So everybody had their own little cheat sheet on the back, they didn't have to ask me, well, how many is it to move again? Right. Oh, if I want to reload my bow, how much does that cost? And so they were able to look at it and be like, okay, I got three. Here's what I'm going to do. Here's what I'm going to do. And then they would just tell me what they were going to do, add it up to three, and they just went and did their thing, right? And it was it worked out really, really well. And so that's a real kudos to the starter set, you know, on, on its yeah. design and and uh, play aids because those trying make all the difference. Trim the some of the trying to trim some of the learning curve fat out of the way just focus totally. on so everybody can focus yeah. so you had a, a a large bandwidth of players how did how did everybody walk away did they walk away going i would play this again did they walk away going wow that was sure different i can't believe how different it was what was the usually nobody yeah. rage quits and says this is a waste <laughs> of my time yeah so it's interesting um the guy who had never played before said this is awesome i want to keep playing it but okay. I also think that that's part of the RPG experience as well. Yeah, you know yeah, yeah. I mean? he's, get, he's getting um, it on both levels. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Um, and the guy who was new was like, this was amazing. 
this hit all the feels of me playing RPGs in the past, right? And so again, like yeah. I think it was also also the RPG, not necessarily as Vihander, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but with that said, for those two guys, because the system is relatively straightforward. Um, it wasn't like we were playing an Earth Dawn where you know you really had to like cross-reference eight tables and figure out yeah. like different things and really just like slowed the game down type of thing, right? Mm-hmm. Like it played really well, it played really easy, it really kind of focused on narrative stuff. And so that's where, in my opinion, a lot of the fun is in RPGs. It's not in tables necessarily, it's in the the narrative aspect of it, right? And so um Lincoln, I think I think he walked away. I'll be interested to hear what he thinks about it, like uh, after he listens to this. But um, mm-hmm. I think Lincoln walked away with um, a positive attitude. He's like, "That was a lot of fun. I really enjoyed it. I want to finish it." Um, okay, you know, but that's a good um, sell. That's a good sell right there. It's like, oh, yeah. leave them wanting more. Yeah, they yeah. Want more. And and I and Sean said he had a great time too. Um, so you know, but again, I think the adventure was also a good adventure. So I don't know if like if they're like, okay, I really want to play this system again, you know what I mean? Or if they're just like, it was fun, and we had a great time, and the adventure was great, so, like, everybody's happy type of thing, you know? So so how would yeah. you rate, like, you're sitting down, you have five players sitting at the table, you have a stack yeah. of D&D on the left and Zweihander on the right, mm-hmm. everyone is completely neutral on which version of fantasy you play. I'd play Zweihander over D&D. You'd play Zweihander, okay. Okay, yeah, same, think, same question. Yeah. Take D&D out, put uh, Shadows of the Demon Lord. Um, I'm just trying to make it your life difficult. Yeah, no, I think um, setting-wise, they're on equal footing, so it really uh-huh. comes down to the mechanics, right? Mechanics. And I think that... Um, oh, man, this is kind of hard. I do... Shadow you coin toss for me. It'd be Shadow, you probably want to do with brand new players that have never played anything sure. before. Yeah, but I mean, but even even with that said, though, yeah. um, Zweihander is even more low fantasy than Shadow of the Demon Lord, meaning okay. that magic is very rare. And so, yeah. for new players, you're not getting tripped up in a lot of magic craziness. Where that's where yeah. the mechanics can get a little wonky for new players sometimes you know in what i D&D, mean like it can break down real fast oh yeah and even in shadow of the demon lord like you have to know all the spells and the exact wording and mm-hmm. like who's the target and all that stuff um with this one if you were a magic user and they're very rare you had two, three spell cards that were in front of you those were your three spells and, and you're, you're you're good to go and you're good to go you know what i mean and yeah. you used them kind of not like not very often because they were kind of situational magic and that's the way that it's like meant to be too right and so um i think it, i think Zweihander's a little more straightforward um now you can get complicated with it as they like grow they can learn more spells and do all yeah. that stuff right um but by that time by the time you're like leveling up and doing that you really have a good handle on your character so you know that yeah. that spell thing is good, but anyway, um, the, the Genesis magic system is interesting because your le- the level of difficulty of the spell is determined by the person casting it. Mm. Of all the things you throw into the spell to make it do everything you want it to do, mm-hmm. and you can watch the spell become more complicated by saying, "And I wanted to hit a guy 120 feet away, yeah. and I want to hit him with light," you know, and you can see your your skill dice versus the difficulty dice and go, oh, well, I'm going to fail at this. 
and you right. can scale the spell to to that. But the problem with that in new players is they don't know what the heck they're gonna do. Right, right. What right, am right. I? What am I? In this one, you have good three good spell cards. Just do this. Yep. You know, here's the recipe: shampoo, rinse, repeat. You know, even a system that's as kind of friendly and narrative as 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 Genesis is like. So, so you want to cast a spell? What do you want to? You know, you know, what 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 spices are you gonna throw into the chili here? Mm, yeah uh, and that's that's yeah. tough that's tough for new players so i um yeah definitely i i it's funny because lincoln had one spell that basically was like he had to cast it and um basically this little angel and demon would appear on the target shoulder oh cute and like he could either go the he, he could either try to influence a person the angel route or the demon route do you know what i mean and so like it was a fun spell right like because they're like yeah. there was one point where they wanted more gold from this uh this guy that they had a contract with and he's like listen i paid you guys what you were worth and plus a little bit more right and so lincoln cast it it was like this he, he's like hmm, i think the guy would respond to the the angel and he's like these guys really sacrifice themselves for you you know what i mean and he's like playing out and the guy's like yeah you're right you know and it totally did and so then but then he cast it and he critically failed on it and that's when the gm gets to basically choose something that he has to start doing right and so yeah. he was a hobbit and a fat hobbit that's how he rolled it and so yeah. i made him start eating all the leftovers off of everybody's plates in this pub Oh, you know, nice. like he couldn't do anything except eat the leftovers because he was really hungry, you know? so It's like eating yeah. Chinese food. I could just keep eating more and more. That's and more. right. All right. So anyway, um, Vi Hander was really good. I really enjoyed it. Um, I also am a big fan of starter sets. I've got a whole collection of them on my shelf I know. that I've You're the about. starter It's a maestro. You're the maestro of the yeah. starter sets. You know, like, I, th I think it's a great way to explore different systems, right? And that's usually the best way that these companies are putting their best foot forward in these starter sets usually. Yeah. And it's yeah. a great way to say, like, what is this? What is this all about? And and it's the same with Vihander. Pick it up. I mean, I don't, I don't think it's that much. I think it's like thirty five dollars or something like that. It's really not a lot. And um, it comes with a ton. I mean, it is a hefty, hefty thing and a lot of great play. So so check it out. Anyway, that sounds great. Yeah, that sounds great. Yeah. I'm glad you did that. That's, that's I, I yeah. can't wait to hear more about about it. It intrigues me so. We, I, I need to put together some scenarios. I think they've got some um, campaign books that I might pick up and try to run, you know, a couple of campaign, a couple of adventures out of, I think would be a lot of fun um, because it, it's a fun, it's a fun system. And as a GM, it's actually pretty easy to run. Oh, good. Like, that helps. Yeah. Like, so I don't need a ton of prep. I actually feel like I need a lot more prep in D and D than I do by hander by like by magnitudes. Yeah. Oh, know? good. So, good. Good to yeah. know. Yeah. Good so, to anyway. know. All right. Well, I think that's it for our Geek Week. So that would bring us to our news. Welcome to Tabletop and Beyond News. That's just for you, man. It's just for you, Justin. That's great. That's your audio drop. <laughs> Someday we will invest in what we do. But but that day is not today. All right. Um, Wizards of the Coast. There's a new playtest document out for 1D&D, &D, and it is 77 pages long. You can try out the bard, the cleric, the druid, the monk, the paladin, the ranger, the rogue. 
There's subclasses, College of Dance for the Bard, College of the Sea for the Druid, uh, new spell lists, spell descriptions, and feats. 77 pages. It's starting to look like a real RPG, people. So D&D is about to change permanently forever. Not in a new system, but like an add-on system. This uh, is the Player's Handbook Playtest 6. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's the 77 pages. So uh, you got to sign up. Uh, as the viewers on YouTube can see, you got to get in there and, and, and sign up and check it out. But it's free. Um, and uh, if there's things you like about it, you can check them out and report back and say, oh, this was too OP and this was, you know, not uh, P enough. So uh, it's always important to get enough P in. So. Now, if if I recall, and, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, but... If I recall correctly, one um, D D was supposed to come out like around this Christmas, right? Like this this winter, December, January timeframe, with with the tabletop kind of virtual the, tabletop the virtual environment, space. Right? Yeah, they've already previewed a lot of this to influencers, mm -hmm. but um, they did a big influencer preview last spring. But what I heard through my grapevine is that they had a lot more work to go on the virtual space. So mm. um, it's going to come out in different kind of waves. They're just going to have to get there. They're just going to have to get there eventually. So don't I, oh, for those, if it does roll out, you know, in the wintertime and you go, wow, I was promised, you know, 10 features and they only delivered three. It doesn't mean those other seven are not coming and right. are not in the migration path. So you got to hold on tight with with Watsy on this one, and they will they will deliver something. Mm -hmm. um, so hold on tight and stick with it if you're if you're into it. It does have the potentiality of changing the way RPGs function online and changing the way uh, players interact with digital tool sets. This, if anybody's going to fundamentally change the hobby, it's Wizards of the Coast with D and D. They're the only ones with the scope, the scale, and the money to to yeah. to to make things different uh, permanently. So, check it out if you want to see how rangers, bards, and druids, etc., play in the new system. Check it out. Absolutely, um, should be pretty cool. cool. First of all, I um I've been watching a lot of those D and D uh, cartoons that are out yeah. There. <laughs> ZB Shaw. I don't know if you guys are on YouTube and it's the animated spell book. He's been doing this for like five years. I didn't discover them till Nate tipped me off to them a few weeks ago. But I'm fully addicted to watching comedy cartoons about D about min maxing in D and D. It brings yeah, me, it's pretty funny. I just smile from ear to ear. It's the only thing that makes me want to play D and D is <laughs> because the cartoons are so good. All right, I'll shut up now. You guys can check it out. I'll plug him. He deserves a good plug. All right, next item of news: Chaosium has announced an upcoming Kickstarter. For the Call of Cthulhu actual play series, Graveyards of Arkham. The high production value series will be hosted by veteran voice actor Mark Meir as Keeper, best known for his role as the male Commander Shepard in Mass Effect, which I was playing earlier tonight, yeah. uh, as well as his roles in Baldur's Gate, Dragon Age, Neverwinter Nights, and more. The series will function as a sequel to the Bookshops of Arkham series released earlier this year. So nice. uh, if you're into uh, live play and you're into Arkham 
and you're a little spent on um, the other popular live play series that are out there, uh, check out uh, Graveyards at Arkham. It could be super awesome. Yeah, right now the Kickstarter campaign hasn't quite launched yet, right? So you can always go to um, the Graveyards of Arkham on Kickstarter and get notified of the launch and then, you know, see what kind of rewards and things that they have there. So, yeah, um, yeah listen, generally, I don't know about you, Dan, but generally, like, I'm not, like, the biggest fan of actual play. I um, yeah, I, I tend to feel like um, listening to people play, I would rather just be playing, you know, um, myself but sometimes you stumble across an actual play that is high quality production that really kind of you know sucks you in and and as you know if the dungeon master or the keeper are very compelling that really makes or breaks the show right yeah so um it'll be really interesting well there's there's different kinds you know you got to find what really you really enjoy yeah um, my favorite actual play is Harmon Quest, done by Dan Harmon, Spencer Crittenden, and Jeff Davis, and Aaron McGrathy, and Kumal Najali, who was in The Eternals. Uh, what they would do is it's live play intermixed with animation, and it's oh, nice, comedy yeah. based. And Dan Harmon was the guy who produced um, uh, Community and. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, I want to say Marty. That's not it. The 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 professor and and the kid. Rick and Morty. Rick and Morty. Rick and Morty. Yeah. So he's got fantastic comedy chops, and I, you could tell obviously if it's animated and funny, I'm into it. Like if it's right. if it's goofy, I'm down for it. That's my that's my speed. So all of the like the the, the who's the other guys? The Mark, um, you know the guys who are real serious and, um, yes. Yeah, you know the, uh, Matt Mercer. And Matt Mer- the Matt Mercer. They're yeah, two Matt Matt's. Walsh and yeah. Yeah, I've, I've never Matt Walsh. Matt Colville. Matt Walsh is also very serious. I think Matt Walsh is looking for missing children. Yeah, probably. <laughs> <laughs> I think Adam is missing from 1981. But um, those I've never been able to really grok. Um, so there's so many of them out there. It's like 90% of one of my kids podcast listening is live play yeah. D and D. So some people love it and this yeah. is a new one and it's looks high quality. So, uh, they're paying for very cool experienced people. So I might as well check it out. And, uh, and I mean, I'll just add this real quick. I think that, um, if you are unfamiliar with the call of Cthulhu, look, the, the, um, bookshop of Arkham and the graveyards of Arkham are probably great opportunities for you to dive into the lore and the kind of universe of the call of Cthulhu and really get a feel and taste of how this game plays and know if it's like a right right option for you and your friends, which I'm going to say it is because I love playing Call of Cthulhu. I really do. It's one of my favorite um, RPGs. I just love the the horror aspect. I love the fact that like, it, and you know me, Dan. I love it. I love it when yeah. the risk of death is there. Right. The death. Is the insanity. the universe is so great. I mean, it's yeah. just a great universe, and it's public domain now, so everybody's doing their own Call of Cthulhu yeah. shtick. Which is a little annoying. Um, I feel bad for Chaosium. Uh, yeah, I feel bad for HP Lovecraft for oh, yeah. his estate because a lot of this has slipped into public domain. But let me tell you, uh, you know, uh, if you if you're kind of done with fantasy for a little while, but you want a little 
you know, you want the magic and the horror and the adventure. Call of Cthulhu is great. It's a mix yeah. between, you know, D and D and Indiana Jones and, and noir, you know, you got, you know, yeah, supernatural, you got like supernatural. Right? You got guys yeah. with Tommy guns and motorcycles and flapper girls and yeah. giant monsters coming out of the ocean. It's just all good. It's just great stuff. I know almost all of our listeners are familiar with Cthulhu, but it needs to be said that there needs to be other, other kind of live play out there besides, yeah. uh, besides D and D based Critical live role play. and all that. Yeah. yeah, for sure. For sure. Yeah. Awesome. So that's the, that's my news. Those are my news items. Awesome. Very good. Very good news. Um, you know, we're hoping to have a lot more come about a month as we go ahead to Gen Con. Actually, that's happening in about three weeks. So I think news is going to be that. super light between now and Gen Con. I do too. I do too. Um, and then it's going to be like right after Gen Con, like they'll have like a whole bunch of reveals at Gen Con and then right after like a ton of announcements. I know Free League last year like had three or four major announcements like within two weeks after Gen Con happened, right? So um, it was pretty, pretty big. But anyway, we're excited about that. Um, okay, so let's talk about our main topic, which is how, speaking of Gen Con, right? How to have fun at conventions. And Dan, like, I want, I want to kind of turn the time over to you to start this off just because yeah. this, this is something that you had sort of suggested to us. And I want to know why. Why did you want to talk about this topic? This is a topic that is near and dear to my heart because it is very possible to have your head in the wrong place and go to a convention after much buildup, hype, cost, and to have a horrible time. Mm -hmm. So you need to, like, to thy own self be true, right? Um, understand your motivations for going. Like, for instance, if you're going to go to Disney, you got to know what kind of rides you're going to like, right? Are you yeah. there just because you love the artistry of, of the forced perspective on the castle and that fascinates you? Are you there because you like... Space Mountain, or you, or when you go to Disney, do you say none of these rides are fast enough for me? How come we didn't go to Bush Gardens or something like that, or you know, a different kind of park? So know what you want to do at a convention. Now, there's for some people, they've never been to a convention before and they just don't know, and and that's okay. You got to you got to experiment around. But when you think about going to a convention, what's the thing that motivates you and your party? And what I mean by the party is people you're traveling with people you're meeting there, people you're hanging out with, the human aspect. Because at even small conventions, you're around other human beings. Right. Yep. Right. So there's your circle of people, and then there's everybody else at the convention. Mm -hmm. Right. So what? let's go through some possible motivations for why you want to go. And it's important to rack and stack these in your brain, because if you find yourself pursuing other things that aren't the reason why you want to be there, then you may in fact have a bad time at a convention. And that is yeah. not good for the hobby. It's not good for you. It's not good for your vacation days. Right? Okay. So number yeah, one, number one, like maybe you want to go there for novelty. You want to see something mm -hmm. new that you've never seen before. You want to play a new game. You want to see a new board game. You want to see something new that's getting released. And that's why you're there is because I do my gaming at home and the last thing I want, and maybe in your head, you're like, the last thing I want to do is play a game that I can play at home. I need, I need the hit. I need the dopamine hit of my brain absorbing a new thing. So that could be a prime motivation for you to go. Right. 
So if that's your prime motivation, you got to build that into what you're doing. And you got to go to a convention where you're going to find new things. If you go to a small local convention with three or four GMs and it's basically D&D and a couple of board games, it's going to be much more difficult for you to find novelty that you're looking for mm -hmm. in gaming. I'll tell you this, that um, when I go to Gen Con, this is, this is what I'm looking for. And, and maybe novel, maybe brand new is not necessary or uniqueness like maybe it's something yeah new, and new, new, to, new to you it's new to you yeah and, and and it's not even that so i mean it's that a lot because i i've played a lot of things really i want to go to this convention and, and i feel like it's lumped in with this because i want to play the games that i can't play at my house right yep so even though i have played call of cthulhu here i've run it but I'm the only one in our gaming group that runs Call of Cthulhu. So yep. I would like to go to like Gen, Gen Con and play it because yep. it's novel, right? Meaning that like, well, I don't yeah, get that, to play it very often. That, right? one, so. that one was on my list. It's, I call oh, it whoops, fi sorry, sorry. finally okay. playing your game. You finally get to yeah. play your play your game, not jam yeah. your game, not run your game. You get to play your game. Sometimes it means running a, a board game that you bought and you can't find anybody to play with in your town mm -hmm. or in your neighborhood. But for RPGs, it's like, like you just said, this that was me in Star Wars FFG for years and years. It's like, mm -hmm. I would force everybody to go play Star Wars with me at Gen Con. They're like, we do this all the time in your house. I'm like, yeah, I know. I'm running it. You're not. Yeah, I'd like to yeah, play yeah. it. So yeah, but I do. Uh, I, I I do. Just to go back to your first point, I yeah. do like looking for the new RPGs, the new board games that I've never tried because I'm I'm not one that's um like uh, unless I find a really good deal on Dan's Bargain Bin or you know yeah. Discord channel that we have. I'm not usually one to buy game sight unseen. Like I like yeah. to have tried it once or twice, you know, and then be like, yeah, sure, I'll drop a hundred dollars on that because I like that game, right? Um, but at Gen Con, I can be like, oh, this sounds like an interesting game. Let's try it out. And yep. there was some last year that I was like, hey, this was really hyped up. It was like supposed to be like an, an amazing game. And I thought it was just kind of meh, you know? Yeah. And then there were some that I was like, oh, look, they're doing a demo of it. Let's sit down and play it. And then it turned out it was The Lost Ruins of Arnak, which I think is one of one, an amazing game that has recently come out, you know, and, and that was a ton of fun. And yeah. I think both yeah. Dan and John ended up buying it, right? Like, because it was so much fun. And so I do like the novelty of trying new things. Uh, this Gen Con coming up, we are going to be playing the um, average, what is it called? The Average Heroes RPG, which mm -hmm. is a, a 5e spinoff, and it's Total Recall. Oh, okay, cool. So, cool, cool. so I mean, it's like, when do I get to play Total Recall at like yeah. home, right? Like, no. Might as well. So, it, yeah, it's new, and it's going to be fun, and we're going to try it out, and it's going to be a blast, right? So we're excited about that. It, it, and sometimes a convention is the only place you can get real novelty going. Uh, maybe because maybe your group is not open to trying new stuff. Mm -hmm. um, and yep. the, the group thing is my second thing. It's camaraderie. Are you going there to be around people that are into what you're into? Or are you there to go with your, your gaming group to go do something fun together? Are you, do you guys want to travel together and stay in the same location? So you get to hang out extra is that a motivating thing? Because I have a friend who we thought this friend just wanted to fly solo. And then I, I heard from a third party that his favorite thing about going to Gen Con was hanging out with us. And we're like, well, you spent two days not hanging out with us. I, I don't right. understand. So maybe, maybe he didn't know. Maybe he had yeah. to walk around the place by himself for a day or two and go, 
well, this place isn't fun without my dudes. So yeah. know yourself, figure out, oh, is, is that is that a thing? If, I, if I'm, is the novelty more important than the camaraderie? And, and, yeah. and what's what's my value system here? Because if you're the guy, if, if novelty is not important to you, you're just going to go with what the party wants to do, right? Sure. Because you want to hang out with them. Where do you where do you think you fall on the spectrum between novelty and the camaraderie? Would you say? Um, after I learned this about myself after the last Gen Con, yeah. I had somebody who was going to go to a lot of games with with me, and uh, that person got COVID at the last minute. I had all the stuff on my schedule that was just me flying solo, yeah. and I was just irritated. If I found it irritating, so I need right. I found it that I that camaraderie piece was really important. Um, yeah. More and important than the novelty, you think, huh? Well, I mean, it's like I found myself not being interested in the game because yeah. I would sit down and I'm like, I'm not in invested in these people. I'm not pretending right. to have a good time. And yeah. th then, then the fun is: is this game fun? Not am I having am I having fun? You know, in other ways, joking around with people I like and stuff like that. And sometimes yeah. the camaraderie can be too big of a deal if you your tent is too big and you can't figure out who's going to ride in whose car and you've got yeah. hotel problems and people who want to go cheap and people who want to go expensive. The camaraderie piece could be like a complicating factor in your, yeah. in your con itself too. Totally. Um, and so you gotta, you gotta know yourself And sometimes you got to cut other people loose and say, I, I really don't want to spend that kind of money in my hotel or you guys can stay in that crappy place. I really need to stay in a nice place and I can afford it. Yeah. Because I don't meet you up at nine o'clock tomorrow morning. Right. Right. Cause I, I yeah. can't go on vacation and, 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 and watch something skitter across the carpet. So you <laughs> say whatever floats your boat is the yeah. right thing for you. You got to know what helps drive your happiness and your enjoyment. And you can't, yeah. the problem with camaraderie is that sometimes you hand the keys of that to other people a little bit. Um, so be real careful and, and know that you, you have like, to be well, comfortable with that. Yeah. You have to be yeah. very comfortable with being like, you know what? They really want to do X, Y, Z game and it's really important to them and I want to hang out with them. So yep. even if I don't like this game, I need, like, I need to have a good time so that they'll have a good time. Right. Yep. So yep. I think, I think that's an important point too. And you know, it's funny cause I think on the spectrum, like I'm, I think I'm sort of in the middle. I've, I probably land more towards the novelty side of the middle, meaning yeah. that like if I am very interested in a game, I have no problem saying, all right, guys, we'll see you at six o'clock for dinner and going off and doing my own thing because right. I found something that I'm interested in. Right. Right. Um, and I have no problem doing that, but I also do want the experiences of gaming together because it's a, it's a ton of fun as well. Right. So I'm kind of like 50 50. I think well, see, like I want my con thing. to be a good mix. There's know? lots of, there's lots of values. There's lots of things you can get out of a con. Yeah. But if you find yourself saddled with a value that you thought you wanted and then you don't, and yeah. it's three days later and all the expense of the lost vacation time. And you're like, this was, a, and now I got to wait a year to do this again. Right. And, and have it suck again. So that's why there's some other ones. There's some people want to deep dive on a game. Deep dive, mm -hmm. I'm going to throw a lot of people into this bucket. The deep dive bucket are people who go to a convention and say, all I want to do is play one game the entire time. Maybe yeah. that's maybe that's doing 16 hours of Pathfinder or D&D. Yep. You can do that, certainly. At, at You've a got like the, the Adventure Guild that will run you through one through Adventure 8. Right. The entire you start, weekend, right. You start as level one and you leave as level whatever, whatever it is. Yeah. I call that the deep dive gamer. The war gamers yeah. fall into this bucket too. Yep. 
uh, they straddle this and my next bucket, which is I'm at this thing to win. But let's talk about deep diving. Yeah. People who are like really obsessed with one game and that's why they're ha- they can't fully scratch the itch when they're not at a convention. Yeah. So if they go to the convention and they don't scratch that deep dive itch, then they feel like they've missed an opportunity. Mm-hmm. And so if that's what's really cool, if you're like, man, we never, every D&D campaign I've ever played, we've only played one adventure. Then then two months later, we're making a new character, one adventure, mm-hmm. then new character. Then you may want to be a deep dive player to get on a table with, find some yeah. cool people and, and do it for a couple of days. And that's fine too. Maybe you've bought every expansion for a board game and you want to yeah. run that board game all day long because you love that board game. And um, it's like a super, like, I mean, you, you know, you got people there that are playing, 24 hours of access and allies yeah yeah you know what i mean because like they don't get to do that at their home right and they need to deep dive they need that all that time to be able to get into it and and play it right and sometimes they got to go to another city or or have a hotel in order to do it um deep divers also i'll put historical gamers into the Mm -hmm. deep dive bucket too because they they zero in on one or two rule sets that they really enjoy and the games are very long and they're That's deriving Dawn Patrol, guys. Yeah, Dawn Patrol. I yeah. then compared to what I saw, Kublikan, the Dawn Dawn Patrol guys were uh let's just say they, they were good time Charlies compared to <laughs> I can imagine <laughs> compared to some real hardcore historical <laughs> gamers, but that's okay. But they do like, for instance, those guys that are running Dawn Patrol have been running Dawn Patrol at every Gen Con for 30 years, and that's yeah. what they do. They've deep they deep dive that game, they deep dive. They want to teach people that game. They want those people to have a good time. And they mm-hmm. don't, they may not be as kind of heterogeneous as some of us who are like, hey, I feel like an RPG. Hey, I feel like a board game. Hey, I feel like a competitive. They're, they're spreading the, like guys like you and me, we spread ourselves pretty thin in yeah. our gaming tastes, actually. Yeah, so mile next, wide inch deep, right? It, yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is why we're, we'll, we will never be world champions at a competitive war game. <laughs> right. Uh, and that leads me to my next value. Some people go to play these games to feel the, the thrill of winning, mm-hmm. whether that's a competitive war game or whether that's just going and winning everything they play. They feel like they're losing if they lose and they're winning if they win. And if that's what motivates you, just be around people where you're not going to offend anybody when you know, if, if things don't go, you know, if, if yeah. be, be gracious to losers, when you lose, be a gracious loser, uh, competitive war game, war gaming will break you of the winning addiction real fast. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> you get your butt handed to you at high dollar amounts for day after day after day. You're like, am I playing this game? Cause I enjoyed it. Or am I playing is my motivation to win. Yeah. And I, I was listening to a podcast for Legion the other day and these guys, everybody on the podcast is like, broken in the top four at big events at LVO and stuff like that. And they're like, yeah, I'm at a point where I'm only going to go to a tournament to win or yeah. a convention to win. That's the, my only reason. Right. Uh, and for me as a newbie, they, they, they basically said to all the newbies, don't show up and expect to win. If you're getting into a word game, you're going to lose more than you win. And that's what everybody does. Yeah. So suck that up. Right. So make that yeah. be part make, if your motivation is to win a war game that you're going to play at a war gaming convention for two days and, and you, and you don't succeed the way you envisioned and that bums you out, you got to watch your own motivations. You really yeah. do. You got, you got to know why you're doing what you're doing. So uh, um, yeah, that's so if, if you want to get good at X wing or, or, or Warhammer, you're, 
pay do the reps and and take well, the losses so you can be better at it yeah in and the I future think, i think too that you know and, and this is this is like war gaming conventions right like i'm really yeah. thinking of the nova open the las vegas open and but 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 gen stuff, con right? is yeah. full of competitive war gaming that we that's don't true. usually hang out with yep, it's that's true. chock-a-block full of competitive yeah. war competitive, but the um competitive yeah, gaming was, in general yeah i was gonna say that i think what's important that if you're going in with the idea of winning you also need to level set your own expectations here, right? Like one, like do you, and you have to sit there honestly because your, your army becomes your baby. You get really close to it in terms of like, you know, you've put your blood, sweat, tears and, in yeah. that painting and and every, every one of those minis and they all have a name. Yeah. So you you love them individually. You you know them. They are, you know them by name, right? (laughs) You love all your children. Yes. Exactly. And so um, you you can kind of get a little too close to them. You may not have the most competitive army, and that's just yeah. the fact of it, right? Yeah. And um, you are playing against usually other people that are like top in the nation. And so you need to level set expectations. Like, have you been going to other local tournaments and winning there? Because if you haven't been winning there, the chances yeah. of you winning at a <laughs> major tournament that's a nationwide tournament is probably slim to you know, something like that. Right. And so what was interesting is when I went to the Las Vegas open, um, I was taking night hunt and I knew it was a very underpowered army. I knew that going in. Right. So I said, my goal is to go three and two yeah. with, with night hunt, because yeah. if I can go three and two, I have done really well with them. Like I beat the average, the average percentage win percentage was 40%, two and three. Mm-hmm. Right. So if I can go three and two, I'm going 60% win with with my night hunt, right? And I almost went four and one, actually. Wait, yeah. I came this That's close great. to going four and one. And but you so got your got, three two. You got your three I did. two. And I won best night hunt at the LVO. There like you I go. had there's a, like several people that brought night hunt, but I had the best record out of everybody nice. there. And so I said, this was a huge win for me. I yeah. didn't even come close to cracking. I, I think I was yeah. like, I think I was like 88 out of like 150 people or something yeah. like that. You know what and I you've mean? also done Adepticon and Nova yeah. Open. You've been all over the country. Yeah. And so like, you know, I've put in, I put in the reps with the uh, night hunt. I knew, I knew what I was getting into. I had level set my expectations and I walked away from that tournament saying, you know what? I'm pretty, I'm, I'm very happy with how it turned out with him. You know, yeah. and conversely, I went to the Nova Open after COVID. I had not played with my Night Hunt in a long time. I only had like three practice games of the new edition before I went to the Nova Open and only went two and three. And I was frustrated with myself. But then I had to sit down and look in the mirror and be like, what did you expect? Yeah, what You've did you want? you only played yeah. three games in this new edition and you thought you were going to come in and go three and two or four and one? Like, really? Like, what What did you expect here, you know? So um, yeah. I... Uh, you know, I think it's important to set your expectations well, right? With when when it comes to like, I want to go to win. You, you, right. you need to have that honest conversation, and maybe right. maybe your maybe your criteria of winning is attainable. It's not winning the whole thing, right? Yeah. So, like for instance, I'm doing two War Cries and two Legions at Nova Open. Yeah. I don't expect to win a single game of both of of I <laughs> of of any of the four, and I I'm gonna be okay with that because I'm like. I'm taking off leave from work. I've been working on these armies. I've been painting them. Yeah. I I don't have the practice time to be good at any war game. I don't. I just don't. My life yeah. is not compatible with successful war gaming. 
So I that's why I cut X Wing out. It's like I've done so many reps in X Wing. I'm gonna I'm gonna go O and nine in X Wing. Yeah. I might as well go O and six in Legion and have more fun. Right. And learn learn a game at least. Yeah. Try to do something or hang out with you guys and do war cry. Yeah, totally. Um. So I realized that for me when I'm doing these uh, war gaming conventions, that camaraderie is a piece of the puzzle for me. So I'm gonna be more likely to play games that other people have signed up to play. That means more to me actually than. Yeah. You know, be, being great at Armada. Like nobody in our group plays Armada and, and I'm terrible at Armada and I'm never going to get good at it. So why, 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 why bother to just throw myself on that sword at a wargaming convention when, you know, hey, we're getting into Legion. We want to practice. We're getting, we play a lot of Warcry. We want to practice. And that way it's much more of a kind of a full experience, even though I will walk away and not win a single game. Yeah. In four days. And I know I won't. And I am okay with that because I'm not going to make winning be my motivation to go. Right. Yeah. My motivation is, is when you lose track of time, you know, you're having fun. I want to go yeah. lose track of time. Yep. Cool. Yeah. Very good. So another one, these, these next two are closely related to each other, but they're different. Some people are motivated to go to conventions for competitive shopping mm -hmm. and <laughs> bargain hunting. Those are not okay. the same thing. No, but so it's shopping. Yes. Right. Yes. And, and sometimes it's the only place you can do it. Yeah. Competitive shopping sometimes is uh, when they have an auction at a, at a convention mm. or I have to get in and stand in line. I'm fighting the line. And if I'm not, they're going to sell out of the first 200 copies. I have to be one of the first 200 people in line and I'm going to sweat it out. In the old FFG days, I stood yep. on the long FFG lines for hours because I, they had uh, convention exclusives that I wanted and I got them early and that's kind of competitive shopping. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we've ran into people who have come to Gen Con. We're at Gen Con and we say, Hey, we should hang out. And they look at me like, why would I be playing games here? This is my only time to go try to buy yeah. games that are in auction. And, and they tell me about all the deals they're getting. And you're like, um, okay, cool. I'm glad you found that thing. You know, I'm glad. Yeah. it may, it's better than eBay in some very real way. And it's, it, that's what motivates them. That's what they're enjoying. And the bargain hunting sometime is, oh, I got to go stand in line because I paid for the Kickstarter. And if I go take my Kickstarter coupon to the booth, they're going to give me this free thing. And that's part of why I'm going to the convention. Yeah. Or I'm going to the convention because I want to see all the new stuff coming out and I want to buy it at Gen Con or buy it at, at Origins Game Fair. And have it first. I want to be the right. one of the first people to own this game. So there, there's a commerce element to it. And if you're going to a convention that does not have commerce and that's what you want to do, you're going to the wrong one. Mm -hmm. Right? If you go to the dealer hall and go, want, want, this is a waste of my time and now I'm disappointed, then go to a different convention next year. Yeah. Find, find a yeah. convention with a bigger dealer hall or, or find a convention with an auction. Um, they don't happen everywhere, but, but, but that's, if that's what you're into, if you're like, like, for instance, I have a copy of the Willow, the board game from like 1988, 89 on my shelf right now. I'm missing one card that it takes to turn Finn Rizel into, uh, into her human form, <laughs> right? Yeah. Which is like a plot point of the game yeah. and the card yeah. got lost like in 1989. Okay. I would actually, if somebody was auctioning a copy of Willow the Game, I at Gen Con, I would actually go and bid on it just 
because just for that card, just for the damn card. I don't know how to, yeah. I can't play the full game, you know? Yeah. So there's, sometimes there's really good reasons to, to yeah. kind of do that, that shopping, that bargain hunting. And that can be, that can be really uh, fulfilling as well. Well, and you know, to, to me, like, I think there's a middle one here too, that, that is not, it's not like that you're competitive shopping. I gotta be the first to get it. And it's not that I'm looking for crazy good deals. Right. I do think that um, there are people that love being in the vendor and dealer halls because of the atmosphere, the newness, like the, Oh wow, look what's coming out. Right. And, And not, not to be necessarily the first to get it, but like, they just like seeing all the deals in one place. Yeah, you know, yeah. Um, yeah. where they can they can almost compare and contrast by just turning their head. Yes. You know what I mean? Like I can or look run at a the, demo or run a demo yeah, with the guys exactly. who made the game too, which right. is way Get hands on with it a little bit, right? And so I yeah. do think that um, there are people who really like. I know there are people in my group right now that are headed to Gen Con with me that have carved out a lot of vendor hall time. Yeah, and that's not me. I'd rather go play a game. Um, I, you know, I did put some time on the schedule for vendor hall because I, you know, it is like fun walking around, but I mean, they, they carved out like half, like a a whole day's worth of like throughout the convention, like different times, like a whole day's worth to spend just in the vendor hall, you know? And I'm like, okay, like that's, I mean, you do you you, boo, right? You can't get that anywhere. They, they're true to their motivation. Be true to your motivation, you know? Yeah. And to say, oh my, like I, my brother who games with me only RPGs with our group because he's like, I don't RPG at home, I don't have a yeah. group, I don't have a game, I, I yeah. just do it when I'm hanging out with you guys because that's what you guys are doing, you know. And so by the same token, sometimes you hang out with people who are hitting the dealer hall because they're right. hitting the dealer hall. Okay, let's yep. all hit the dealer hall together. So there's a novelty to that as well. Like yeah. you know, you're trying to look looking for something that interests you. Uh, maybe something you've never seen before. Um, yeah. So I, I, um, I like, I, you got to like conventions. All of these things are available at, at lo- the bigger the convention, the more of these little bells that we've been talking about, you can ring. Yeah. But what I, what I'm ca- what I caution everybody for, from doing is um, don't, show up knowing what your your top one and top two, maybe top three motivations are and build your schedule around why, why you're yeah. motivated to go. And maybe you're motivated to meet people. That's camaraderie too. And sometimes that's kind of hit or miss, but, um, but think it through. And, 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 and it, because if you go along with somebody who's going to drag you from one RPG to another, if you hate RPGs and you don't want to play campaigns, what you really want to do is being, doing something else, playing magic, the gathering, you're, you're going to resent the time lost. Yeah. And resentment yeah. is, and is not, not the right feeling. Yeah. Exactly. It's not, it's time, it's money. It's, you know, like being away from your family, you know, like maybe yeah. you feel guilty about that. Like, and that's definitely not the feelings that you want to have at a convention, right? Like no. you want to, you want to have a, you want to have a good time. And, and I think, I think you hit on the main point right there, Dan, which is like, Figure out what you really want to do at the convention that you're going to, right? And I, and I think it depends on the convention. My motivations at Gen Con are different than the Nova Open. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because they're, they're not the same animal. Event. It's a different convention, right? Yeah. And so at the Nova Open, I'm looking at winning. Like, I want to win, right? Because yeah. that is a competitive wargaming thing. And, yeah. and again, I'm setting expectations and things like that. But I want to go to play to win because it's a competitive wargaming convention. Gen Con, for me 
it's not that. I don't do really a lot of the competitive. I, I did competitive Warcry there last year, but Jason and I this year opted not to do it because we wanted to get more variety of different games in, right? We yeah. wanted to try a novelty of games. We wanted to get some games in that we couldn't play here, right? We wanted to, like my brother's coming in from Ohio with us to Gen mm -hmm. Con this year, his first time at Gen Con. I didn't want to ditch him for a whole day. Yep. yep. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yep. So there's a camaraderie yep. aspect there too yep. that's playing yep. into it. And so um, I, but you have to, the point that you made, and I think is important is that look at the convention, look at what kind of different motivations it offers you and Build that into your schedule as you're scheduling. So, you know, three months ago, we were working on scheduling Gen Con events. That, that's when I needed to be true about my motivations of what I wanted to yeah. do. Yeah. Not as I'm driving out there and my schedule's already set in my pocket. Yeah, or exactly. as I'm walking up to or as I'm walking up to a game. You know what or I mean? Or standing it's, in line and yeah. will call and going, Oh, what are you signed up for? What are you signed up for? Right, exactly. Yeah, you know. It's tough. So I think I think I think that is a a, a big part of it for sure. You know? I have another really important piece of advice for going to conventions. Know what you need in your life to relieve stress for your mental mm -hmm. health. Mm -hmm. That may not be gaming. That may not be going to conventions. If you say, "Oh, well, I this is my time to get out of the house," you know, because my spouse is used to me going and this is mm -hmm. the thing that I do to not be at home. And if you take all that stress with you and you go mm -hmm. to an event, any event, even if it's not a game convention and it is not a stress relieving activity, yeah, you're going to take that bag of crap with you to every game table. And I, this is the voice of, of sad experience coming to play mm -hmm. is that if there's stuff going on at home and you're escaping, but you're not really escaping because you're not taking care of the things that you need to, to bring yourself joy and happiness and stress release relief. You're going to be at a convention with all your best friends. that are going to be like, what the hell is this guy's problem? Has he lost yeah. his mind? Cause I've been that guy. And I was just, I didn't realize how much stuff that was happening completely outside of gaming, completely outside of my gaming group that had followed me to a convention. Yeah. And you, you realize that you're like, oh, my gosh, we've been talking about this and planning it and blah, blah, blah for months. And it was like the first one after COVID. Right. Yeah. And it's and because it, then it becomes a dud. Yeah. And you're like, wow, why didn't I just drive to a beach or go camping in the woods by myself? Is that what yeah. I needed to relieve stress? So also understand your own mental health state of mind. Yeah. Because your friends will only help you so much. And it's not your friend's job to entertain you. At their right. convention. That's not right. their job. It's your job to get your own morale in shape. You manage your own morale. And and yeah. if a game convention does, if, if going to, let's say, I, I found this out at Nova Open, you know, somewhere around my 10th hour competition, <laughs> it got, it broke me a little bit. I was like, yeah. I'm, I'm really tired of this. I don't want to do it anymore. It stopped being fun. It stopped being a stress rel reliever. Yeah. Um, be cognizant of that. Be cognizant yeah. of that, especially if you're chewing up resources and vacation days and stuff like that, which are, which are precious. Yeah. Those are commodities. Right. Um, and, and I would say, you know, I, I think a really good point is, you know, like be, know what your stress relievers are before you leave from home and, and make sure that you kind of got your emotional bags in check. Right. That type of thing. Um, while you're at the con, 
right? So that's a strategic level thought, in my opinion, yeah. right? A tactical level thought is while you're at the con, make sure you are managing your emotions yeah. there and, and yeah, taking absolutely. mental inventory of where you're at because a lot of things are going to come into factor that are going to mess with your emotions. One, you're not going to probably get as much sleep as you need. Two, right. you're probably not going to be eating the best foods for you that keep you healthy and running well, right? Three, you're going to be putting yourself into stressful environments like competitive games where your stress is actually there. Even though you think it's fun, the, your body is still feeling that stress, yeah. right? Even and the stress of making decisions for three days straight in gaming right? can exactly. tax you, even if it's even if you're not shooty shooty or swinging a, an imaginary sword. Yeah, yeah. So all of these things will play into your experience at the convention. And I know that I personally need to, especially on Saturday, yeah. right? Because Thursday comes, Friday comes, Saturday is where I'm starting to hit a wall, yeah. right? And Saturday comes, and like that's usually three nights of bad sleep because I usually don't sleep very well the night before I go. I always dream I'm going to be missing my alarm or something like that. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, I guess there's even four nights of not great sleep, you know, again, not eating super well. Um, and I'm managing, I'm looking at myself at like 1 p.m. on a Saturday and my blood sugar's tanking because I haven't eaten something yet. And I'm, I'm like, okay, I'm getting cranky. I'm getting snappy yeah. and I'm getting mean. Right. Yeah. And that means, that means yeah. that like, I am. Or not, you're I losing patience with other yes. players. Exactly. All of those things. Right. And so yeah. I've realized, I said, okay, there are times where I need to say, I know I was supposed to go into the vendor hall for the next two hours. I'm going to walk over to the Chick-fil-A and just go sit down and drink a Coke yeah, for an hour and yeah. just look at my phone or something. Do you know what and, I mean? And that Watch is some not funny a, videos. That's <laughs> not a waste of time for you if you're no. recharging your batteries. If that's it's, right. oh my gosh, I got to slip back to the hotel. If I take an afternoon nap, I'll, I'll be right as rain the rest yeah. of the, the rest of the day, whatever it is for you. Um, and if you're competitive gaming, it's hard to squeeze that nap in or that Coke at Chick-fil-A. Those are, those are yeah. harder to do unless you lose and drop. Then you find you're, you got all kinds of time on your hands. You didn't, you, you didn't think you'd have, right? Yeah. But, but um, you know, I think, I think you got to manage that because, and like you can start to create a negative environment for others around you that will then just keep feeding your experience in yeah. a negative way. Right. And yeah. you end up being like, well, that game was terrible. And maybe you were the one that was terrible in that game, <laughs> you know? So and, and yeah, maybe you're the guy ruining everybody else's fun and be, yeah. be honest with yourself and don't, don't, um, uh, don't stretch it too thin. Don't stretch that rubber band too thin. Um, and, and guess what? Gamers are not well known. They, they're not successful in gaming because of their high charisma scores, right? right? Sometimes you have other human beings that aren't that aren't as emotionally aware, and they might yeah. be stepping on your toes. You might be stepping on their toes, and uh, try to be the best person you can be. And yeah. every grouchy thing you have to say, just treat it like an email that you want to send tomorrow, not an email you want to send today. So um, I, I have a personal, like, I remember this, this was last year, Jason and I were signed up for an indie RPG. Um, and I got there and we're playing and we had some strong personalities at the table. And this was an eight o'clock game that went until 1130. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So it was going late anyway. Um, and 
I remember I really hit a wall, and it's because I really didn't have time for dinner. I had just a couple of snacks, like a granola yeah. bar. You know what I mean? And and I was I, I was recognizing that I was hungry, and even though I had snacks, like it wasn't like hitting the spot, you know. And so you didn't get I your gonna, protein, your right, what you whatever. needed, yeah. And I was running, I was running low on water and all that stuff, and so I was starting to like react negatively to other players on the table because again, strong personalities, mm-hmm. and I said. Guys, you guys keep going without me. I need to go get some water. You know what I mean? Like I'm super parched right now. And yeah. I took that moment. There was a water station that was actually really close. I took that moment just to take a lap yeah. around the convention, right? I just Re- took a lap, breathe. took a breather. I ended up getting a hot dog to eat. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. I You're like, oh, wait a minute. I was walking. Yeah. yeah. I, I found some water. I came back and I found like, oh this isn't nearly as bad as I was like reacting to earlier. And then we ended up having an amazing session. You know what I mean? And and that was me. That was on me. And I'm glad I recognized it. And um, it's funny because I don't know if Jason recognized it either because he was playing with me, but I remember him looking at me sometimes kind of funny and, like and maybe he wasn't looking at me funny maybe he was just thinking you know what i mean but i thought he was looking at me funny and i'm thinking like oh he knows i'm being an absolute jerk right now i should probably take care of that do you know what i mean so it was i was projecting on him projecting on me if that makes sense yeah it does make sense he was reading your mind yeah so or maybe you're behaving bad to have convention yeah look i think there's (laughs) lots of ways to have tons of fun at convention just know what you want to get out of it and go into that with a plan. And I think yeah. if you do that for every convention that you go to, you're going to have an amazing time. Yes. Right. And you'll an want to go back time. and you'll be like, how come we don't do this more? Yeah. Um, but you don't, don't leave it all to chance. Now there's newbies that have never been to a convention before. Mm-hmm. Right. Even if you're a newbie and you know, you want to go and it doesn't matter if it's a small convention or a large convention, Say out loud what you want to do. I'm going to this convention because I want to do X and do whatever that one thing is and make that your, your priority and everything else could be secondary. And yeah. Um, And I would say if you're new, um, you may be like, especially Gen Con, right? There are so many things to do at Gen Con. So if you're new, try not to overschedule yourself. Right, I know that you may want to play every single RPG, but when you are doing the fifth RPG in two days, you may be like, "Oh my gosh, how am I going to keep up with this?" Because there's a real mental fatigue that happens. Yeah, when you're yeah. used to playing one RPG every other week with your yeah. friends, and you're doing all of a sudden five in like two days, um, the reality starts to hit in a little bit more. So space it out a little bit find out what you really like doing and you know then throw in a demo board game make your brain do something different yeah um and you may say be like oh what but i i'm only coming to a convention because i'm an x kind of gamer and i know some gamers i know board gamers who wouldn't play an rpg to save their life and i i I don't understand that because that's not the way that because i i play everything right yeah but what you can do is is use the novelty thing where it's like oh i want to go check out a demo and sit down and do a 45 minute demo. That's a walk up demo mm-hmm. and just, just do something different before you go back and do the thing, your main thing that you're really trying to get done. Um, before you want to go back to your deep dive, come up for air, come up for air. It sounds yeah. like that's what you had to do. You just had to come up for mm-hmm. air. I did. Um, I did. And, and, and it was good. And, you know, I mean, like um, I think that uh, 
I think that those people who are just like, I'm only going to play this type of game. I'm only going to do, you know, the deep divers and the, and the winners. A lot of times those people are that way because they have already honed themselves that way. Yeah. Right. Over years of knowing, like, I know I want to play this game. I know I want to keep doing this. I know I want to like be this type of person. If you have not done that before, like, be the novelty guy. Try a lot of Try different things out, to see yeah. what you really like. But again, don't overschedule yourself, you know, like mm-hmm. um, in the beginning, because I think that you can easily burn yourself out, which would lead to an adverse, you know, build some time in for lunch, build some time in for yeah. dinner, build some time, build some wander around time. Cause there's yeah. always things to see. You know what I mean? Like I don't need to, at this point, I don't need to see the magic card town anymore. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, <laughs> like I've seen it. You know, and it's cool. Don't get me wrong. It's cool. Done but, yeah. but, you know, the first year I was like, oh, wow. And I would stop and look at it and be like, this is really cool. And now I'm like, okay, I, I, this, you know? I bet you there's like 10 types of events that you've never done at Gen Con. Oh, totally. Like I, I, you could make a list. Never done this, never done this, never done this, never done this. And so yeah. there's a, that's a convention where there's always something new. And not every convention has that luxury to yeah. be, to be quite frank. Um, but still, um, the, the people are always different. Um, you can always meet new people who are into different things and, and, and get to know different types of gaming through, through human beings, which it is a convention. You are showing up yeah. because lots of humans are showing up together at the same time. Um, which is, you know, the, it, it that is a feature, not a bug. So leverage that feature. Yep. 100%. 100%. Feature, not a bug. Um, yeah, well, um, I am excited for conventions coming up. You know, we're sort of in that convention season where you've you've got them popping up all over the place, big and small. And, uh, you know, it's going to be exciting. I've got Gen Con coming up in three weeks and Nova Open a couple weeks after that. And so I'm excited to have my people hanging out with me. You know, like I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm excited about that camaraderie. I'm excited about... Um, you know, trying new things and it's going to be, it's going to be a ton of fun and it's just, I'm, I'm really excited. So that's great. Um, yeah. Yeah. Very good. Dan, thank well, you for the topic today. Oh yeah. Do you have anything else you want to no, add? No, I'll be there with you at Nova open. Of course I'm skipping Gen Con to go on a cruise with my wife for our 20th wedding anniversary. So wow. she made, I, I didn't, I didn't block out Gen Con on my calendar. She picked the cruise dates and I looked at it and went, Oh, I guess I'm not doing Gen Con. She goes, well, yeah. you could go Wednesday and Thursday. I'm like, it's not Gen Con if you just do Wednesday. If you go Thursday, if she's like, you could do Thursday and half a Friday. I'm like, that's not Gen Con. I'm it's not. And it's, it's not, not even not worth it, it at that point. Yeah. Yeah. That's a it's lot not. of lift for very little benefit. But yeah, 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 so. yeah, for sure. For uh, sure. But I, I want, I encourage people to go even, even like I went to like a Comic-Con style convention. Um, they're great. Um, and now that COVID's over and, and uh, it's a little easier to, it's a little less stressful than it was during COVID and more opportunities. Get out of your comfort comfort zone. Try something new. Um, I'm always looking to go to new game conventions. I get I get bored doing the same thing over and over and over again. I'm 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 ready to see what else is available out there. Yeah, me too. Me too. I love I, I love it all. Love it all. So we're excited. But uh, thank you everyone for uh, joining us. If you've got novel ways to you know go to conventions and things that you like doing, maybe some hit some topics that we didn't really cover. Let us know in the comments, you know, let us know um, like what you uh, what you like doing. And um, if you've got a certain way that you enjoy conventions, uh, I'd, I'd like to hear it, too. So um, let us know in the discord again. That's below. 
click on it, join us. We talk about lots of different things in our Discord, which I kind of love. Like it's random things will pop up every day, and we'll start a like a firestorm's the wrong word. It'll start a flurry <laughs> of act of activity on our Discord about sometimes the most random things, and I love it. Yeah, I love it because it's just the kind of geek that I love. And so join us in there because you'll never be bored. I guarantee it. And um, we've got some we've got some really interesting personalities that uh, that jump in. So thank you for joining us. Have a great night, and we'll see you all at the tables later.